Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Switchcraft is recorded three times a week on Tuesdays, Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday, which is today, uh, whenever I can get to it. Tune in live over at twitch.tv slash run jump stomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by John Jacobson. Uh, support Switchcraft on my other content for as little as a dollar over at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. Uh, before we get any further, I just want to really quick let you guys know Next episode is episode 200, and at Kill the Chickens on Twitter offered up a $20 eShop gift card to a random person who is in the chat on episode 200. So that will be Tuesday's episode at 3 p.m. So make sure that you are here at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. And speaking of giveaways, uh, because uh, Switchcraft was downloaded over 200,000 times in the last four months, uh, I just wanted to thank everybody by doing a giveaway for a $60 worth of eShop uh, gift card. And if you go to runjumpstomp.com slash giveaway, you can sign up uh, right there. Uh, so now that we've got that out of the way, I am joined today by uh, three of my favorite podcasters. I've got Lloyd and Steven, both from uh, Nintendo Pulse uh, podcast and I'm joined by Josh from uh, Nintendo Powercast. So Lloyd, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell people uh, a little bit about uh, your show along with Steven? Awesome. Well, thanks for having me yet again, uh, Run, Jump, Stomp. Uh, this is one of my favorite shows. I listen to this uh, before every other one that comes in my podcatcher, so I always enjoy coming on the show. Uh, if people haven't heard or don't know about Nintendo Pulse, uh, we've been doing it for about 12 years now um, in various forms over at uh, res.tv, R-E-Z-D.tv. You can find all the shows that we do on the network there. And uh, Stephen, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm also from that show. <laughs> all right and uh josh what about you tell us about uh nintendo powercast yeah nintendo powercast was uh started about a year a little over a year three months or so and uh just with the hype of the switch i decided hey i've been a nintendo fan forever started the nintendo powercast and uh got super lucky with the name because nintendo ended up starting a podcast almost identical name so that helped with some search uh <laughs> boost some boost uh a lot of people to find me a little easier with that so um and we just talk nintendo news and and we I, I like to look at retro stuff as well and kind of just hear people's stories and that kind of thing so it's a it's a mix of of, of news and and history and getting to know the community awesome and if you're listening to this on one of their uh streams i'm bill from uh nintendo switchcraft and i kind of did the same thing that josh did i i just started it because i was really excited for nintendo's new console so uh now that we've got our intros out of the way uh i asked these guys what games do you guys want to talk about uh for the podcast and they sent me a list so let's go ahead and start off with a game that honestly i had not heard of outside of the i think it was the walmart leak or maybe the target leak or maybe the uh 4chan leak or 
the leaky roof i don't know there was very very leaky e3 uh but killer queen black uh steven can you describe this game to us no no yeah no well i can try okay um, could you try That'd i was trying to describe it in the chat uh discord <laughs> chat yesterday and very quickly realized how difficult it is to describe this game so I guess what happened was um, Killer Queen started out as a an actual made-up sport, like a Calvin ball type thing where people would actually run around fields and, and play this. I don't know how the snail thing happened with that, but whatever, right? So people who were playing this, you know, LARPers or whatever, who were playing this crazy game uh, said, well, maybe this should be, you know, there should be a digital version of this, should be a video game. So the guys who would come up with the game built a they built one arcade machine a custom built arcade machine for this game called killer queen and people liked it so much that they eventually ended up making it was something like a hundred of them i guess all over the u.s um and they decided that they wanted to make a home version of this and they so they partnered up with nintendo for that i guess and they came up with a variation of the game which they call killer queen black uh, which makes some changes to the movement and the layout and some other factors in it. But it's a uh, an online multiplayer game. I, I think you can do local multiplayer as well with up to eight players or some crazy number like that. But you can play it online as well. And you play as two separate teams. Um, it's like bee-themed, which is where the queen idea comes from. So there's like a queen bee who looks kind of like a fairy, flies around with a sword um there are little drones and stuff like that you've got hives in each corner you're supposed to carry berries that spawn you're supposed to carry the berries into the hives uh there are little stations around the, the the stage that let you change your drones into other things uh and those are color coded and the queen flies in front of them and changes the color while all this is happening there's a snail at the bottom of the screen and there's like a finish line ribbon at each end and whenever a drone goes and hops onto the snail it turns and slowly goes towards the other team's finish line. So then the queen has to go and kill that drone and then another drone hops on. So there's three different conditions to win at any one time. You can kill the, oppo the opposing queen three times, uh, which is called a military victory. You can get on the snail and cross the finish line, which is a snail victory, uh, which is probably my favorite. Or you can fill your hive with berries by picking up berries and carrying them up and putting them into the hive. So it's like, it has a very kind of a joust look to it, especially when you see the queen mm -hmm. flying around. Um, and, and especially in the arcade version, apparently in the arcade version, the queen could only attack straight down by diving down. And now she can go in any of four diagonal directions, diagonal up or diagonal down, as well as down. Um, so, yeah, I mean... It's it's a little bit less jousty, I would imagine now, but it still has that kind of a kind of a look to it. Um, I watched it on the Treehouse stream for a while, uh, not really knowing what I was looking at. They explained the history of the thing, which is how I know that, and then just just insane. The game is absolutely bonkers. I recommend anybody who who wants to to go and check that out. Nintendo posted uh, that portion of the stream. I think they did it late last night for the first time, but the Nin everything. YouTube account had things up as soon as they were finished. So I was watching that for a couple of days. Um, yeah, I mean, just crazy. And as you said, that had been leaked. Uh, as somebody who was printing the, the display material for E3, 
took a picture of the Killer Queen Black thing and the I guess the Killer Queen Twitter account for a while they had changed it to just solid everything was just solid black their avatar was black their header mm. was black so everyone was like well this kind of matches up with the idea of you know there being a Killer Queen Black so um, oh and I guess the big thing for multiplayer is the team that is the online team that is at the top of the leaderboards is is considered the black team and I think they actually change the color changes to black so you can encounter them when you're playing online randos and climbing the ladder and if you beat them then you become the black team and it said something on here in the notes about um that it always uh will always stream the top team i think i must have missed that part yeah so this is something as a streamer it it got my attention pretty quick um whoever is the top team um the i guess the killer queen black servers are constantly watching that and they are always streaming whoever the top team is like 24 hours a day so you can always no matter what you can go to their channel which i'm going to assume is killer queen black on twitch or something like that i don't i don't know i haven't looked it up yet but i uh, you can probably go to their channel and you can probably see some high level gameplay of this now uh josh i know that you're also a streamer is is this a game that you are interested in it really is like i wasn't able to i was at work while they were showing this so i was just listening to them talk about it but the fact that it was that they mentioned joust which was one of the first one of the first games i ever played as a you know as a kid playing the atari back in the early 80s um that that piqued my interest but just this the crazy combat and listening to them talk about the snails and then gathering berries and then trying to take out the queen like it sounded like there was just so much going on and that it would be such a fun game to stream you know if you could do like a private match and get get eight eight people involved like it could be crazy not to mention you throw everybody's voice into discord and mm -hmm. just like it just seems like such a great time so yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one what about you lloyd yeah, this is something I, I heard about when it was an arcade cabinet. And I was just like, wow, that is insane. Custom arcade cabinets. Uh, we had a, an, uh, a custom arcade cabinet. Um, in, indie develop uh, made a custom arcade cabinet in here called the Winitron uh, 3000 or Winitron 5000. And basically a whole bunch of indie game developers would send their game and it would, it would appear on the Winitron. And then they would move it from location to location and packs to packs. That and eventually, so cool. It's really cool. And then they, they eventually open source that software. So anybody could make a Winitron and it would get all these games. Um, so when I heard about Killer Queen Black, that was like the, the ultimate culmination of what this Winitron idea was. And it just looked insane. Uh, and then I forgot about it. And then it came up <laughs> on, it came up on the leak and I'm like, Oh, Killer Queen. That sounds so familiar. And then I looked into it. And I'm like, Oh, it's that game. It, it's, it just sounds, sounds insane. Um, I think this is a, a good game to end friendships as well. Um, <laughs> with, uh, with, with the, the three win uh, conditions is going to make um, whoever the leader of the team is, whoever the queen is um, ordering their drones to, to, to switch to, Hit, no hit the snail no grab the berries no do this no do that uh i think there's going to be a, a lot of angry streams and i can't wait to watch those uh it's going to be uh i think it's gonna be a lot of fun and so it's like 4v4 right mm -hmm. yeah because i personally have only like seen screenshots of it i hadn't had time to really check out killer queen black uh other than the article that said that it was going to always stream the top team uh so 4v4 that's that sounds really cool and <sighs> 
too often i feel like games focus on well, let's let's make sure that we have the highest number of players and it's much easier to get together four people who can share some time than six or ten um as somebody who's played a lot of mmos uh especially vanilla wow uh getting together 40 people to do something was the hardest part of the game so i like that this is just 4v4 i think it sounds cool yeah um the next game that people wanted to talk about is definitely one that i wanted to talk about too and that is super mario party um lloyd why don't you tell us what's different about super mario party this time around online multiplayer <laughs> for the first time ever uh so that that that's pretty exciting right there um getting getting enough people into your basement or living room or whatever to do uh, mario party is not the easiest thing uh but to be able to play online um that's going to make uh jumping into these wacky uh just wacky mini games uh even so much more fun uh what about uh steven do you think that the that the online is uh how do i want to phrase this do you think that are, are you interested in playing the game online because it's going to be we don't know exactly what it's going to be like but i'm going to assume it's going to be quite different than the the side by side the couch style play yeah my understanding is that the online play in it is very limited right it's only certain modes certain games or whatever yeah Sorry, it does, like, like it's i guess it's supposed to not have well okay they 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 mentioned that it is like uh mini game like five mini games they didn't mm -hmm. say whether or not there was an actual board game experience or not or if it was just mini games they just mm -hmm. mentioned the mini games and everybody's assuming that that means no board but we really don't know um you mentioned that you wanted to talk about the this game on the show uh before we really get to your thoughts on that i want to know are you interested in playing it online or do you just want it for the couch style I'd mostly be interested in doing the uh, couch style thing. I think if uh, Lloyd picked it up too, I'd probably, you know, play it, uh, play it with him or uh, any of you fellows, as long as, you know, we can all get together at the same time, throw it online. But um, it's hard to say whether or not, uh, whether or not that's, whether or not it's something that's going to be worth getting together to do online, because it, it reminds me, it, it's, just in the general sense that we have now where we don't know exactly what parts of it are going to be online or how much of it will be playable online reminds me of how in um, Mario Party for me was all about Mario Party 5 and 6. Those were the Mario Party games that I played on the GameCube. Uh, I didn't really play anything before or after that. There wasn't anything after that that was worth playing, as I understand. Um, and I remember one of the things was when they introduced the microphone, you could go into the settings and you could turn off the microphone related games in case you didn't feel like playing with the microphone. Uh, if it's going to be a situation where a handful of the mini games will be playable online at a separate mode from the main experience, then I don't see myself going and doing that too much unless they're absolutely incredible. Um, the, the, the thing that really interests me more about Super Mario Party is that it actually looks like they put the effort into making the game look and sound and perform properly, which is something they haven't done in a number of years. And the mini games they were showing on the stream were largely pretty hilarious. So what do you what think like. of, uh, are you a big Mario party fan, Josh? Yeah, just a few, uh, I don't know, probably a week ago, my, my wife and I grabbed the latest, well, it's not the latest one on the DS, but, uh, and, and we sat and played 
I, our kids basically kicked us out of the living room, so we grabbed our DSs and uh, and <laughs> went to Mario Party. And the one thing we were missing in that version that's on the on the 3DS is there's not a, just an actual board to go around. Like there's, it's kind of like uh, it, it's almost just like chaos. Like you roll the dice and then try to go wherever you want. And it kind of it, it to me it takes the fun out of it a little bit. So if there's if this gets a little more traditional with really good mini games, I mean that's that's kind of the bread and butter of of Mario Kart. Getting us out of that with single car that they put everybody in, you know, there was just <laughs> yeah. They're always trying to innovate, but it's never it's always just falling short. It's and it's like the you know Mario Party One, Mario Party Two. That was like it, it was really good, and then I know four and five were also uh, especially five was really loved. So um, I'm I'm all about it. You know, the I see that they're kind of just dipping their toe in the water with online. Maybe it can more can be added as it as it updates if they see people using it that much. It, it may be one of those things that they're like, hey, we're going to throw this in here. And if it if we see a lot of people are playing this game online, we're going to add to it. And if if there's not a lot going on with the online, maybe that was a, a good choice. They didn't invest a ton of uh, of money and resources into into doing that. I, I know the few people that I have talked to that are like, you know, if they're married, they, they're like, my, my wife was not going to play this game with me. So online was kind of my only option for it, you know? So hopefully it's enough with the mini games that there'll still be those people that'll pull the trigger that, uh, cause it's not that fun to play alone. You know, like Rob no. said in the chat, I want to be able to sit next to the person I'm playing so I can give them a Charlie horse. if They steal my star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to be able to give them a dirty look when they roll that, that seven or whatever. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, one thing that they showed off in the trailer that I thought was one of the more interesting things is we got to see like Nintendo had filed for this patent where you have two devices and you put them next to each other and connect them. Uh, and then the two devices are able to act like one device. And uh, a lot of people were just assuming that that was something in the future. And it turned out to be uh, on the switch and I found that to be very, very impressive. Now, it, you know, maybe it was the magic of video editing or something, but I thought it looked so cool. Uh, how many of you guys are in a, in a multi-switch household? I know I am. I think we yes. all are. Everybody? Okay. Uh, so I'm really excited to try stuff like that out. And uh, I, I, I do hope that not too much of... The mini games are dependent on you having multiple switches. I know that that's something that Nintendo, you know, that would be really good for them. They, they, I mean, in fact, I think Mr. Kimishima said, we're going to continue pushing the 3DS until the switch is a one, one, um, unit per person system, not per household system. And I hope that they're not just doing that to try and push that but at the same time, I think it looked really rad. Uh, yeah. And are you guys excited about that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah it, it, sorry. Ever since seeing the patents, I I thought about various games that you'd be able to play. Um, I I thought it was really cool. I, I like the uh, the way that they did it, um, like drawing a line um, to create the paths for the tank game and stuff like that. Um, I I hope other software comes out, and this isn't just like a Nintendo. Um, piece of software that they control that they actually add this to the various dev kits um, so that you can get like a future where you have like 
16 switches sitting on a table somewhere with some like weird board game or something. Um, I, I think that's, that's a really cool use for having a portable system. You can't do that with any other console out there. So I, I think this could be big or this could be the only time they use it. Oh. Nintendo won't give it to anybody else and it will die like every, like a lot of the other cool functionality that Nintendo's put into their own games and not really allowed other people to do anything with. That would be an absolute shame. Uh, all right. So the next game that uh, was requested that we talk about is Starlink. Um, Lloyd, I know you were just talking, but can you tell us about Starlink? Yeah. So Starlink is a... Um, it's an action adventure space exploration game uh, with uh, space battles with the ability to fly down to planets and circumnavigate the whole globe that of the planet that you're going on. Uh, it's also a toys to life game in a world where toys to life is dead. Um, so this is going to be really interesting. Um, I've, I'm a huge fan of toys to life, uh, Lego dimensions, Disney infinity, Skylanders, you name it. I've played them all and spent way too much money on them. And when I first heard of Starlink, I'm like, well, I don't know. Toys of Life is dead. I don't think this is going to be good. I don't think it's going to it's, it's going to show well at E3. I think this is going to be something where people go, "Oh yeah, that's a thing." Okay, whatever, move on. And um, then I I read a little bit more about it, and uh, I can't remember who coined the term, but they called it um, "No Man's Skylanders," and I was like, "Right," uh, because seeing the the ability to go that's from space awesome. to fly down to the planet to fly around the planet do some quests and then take back off into space um, takes the best parts of no man's sky for me. I loved the exploration, the space stuff. Um, and then it also takes the Skylanders thing where you can basically have this little controller mount where you put a ship on it. The ship appears in the game. You take off the wing, the wing disappears in the game. You put on a different wing, the wing appears in the game. You twist the wing to a different location. It changes in game. Um, not really something that we've done in Toys of Life before, seen in Toys of Life before. Um, and then they, during the presentation, during Ubisoft's presentation, I'm watching and I'm like, oh, this looks really cool, whatever. And then you hear like the 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 Star Fox babbling. <laughs> and I'm like, haha, that's funny, yeah. And I'm like, wait a second, this is Ubisoft. They did they did Mario plus Rabbids, and next thing you know, uh, like Star Fox is in it with an R wing. So. Um, I don't know, come, I think November when it comes out or October when it comes out, I'll be able to buy a box and I'll have an R-Wing that I can keep on my desk. Uh, whether the game is good or not, I want to buy it for that. Um, and then finding out that every other thing, like all these ships, there's like, say, five ships and four pilots and a bunch of different wings and a bunch of different weapons. Um, all that stuff is is purchasable digitally. So you don't have to go to a store and buy a box with little plastic toys in it if you don't want it. Um, you can do all that stuff digitally as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the prices are the same, if they're going to have sales for the digital stuff. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how this one rules out. But um, just seeing the, like, this looks like the first good Star Fox game, even before they put Star Fox <laughs> into it. Um, yeah. So this is ultimately the best Star Fox game uh, that they could have come up with. Um, and it just shows... Um, how different Nintendo is to the Nintendo of five years ago, where everything is ours, no one can do anything. They were very, very stingy with licensing, even like t-shirts and, and bedspreads and all that stuff. And, and Nintendo's like, we got all these hot properties, we can't do it all ourselves, let's partner with people that can do it and and keep the games coming and keep the, the stuff coming. So um, for many, many reasons, uh, this game is right up there at the top of my most wanted list from the stuff that they showed off at E3. Okay, so Josh, you are a collector. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be collecting this stuff? 
the the first i mean i'll get the starter back <laughs> with the r-wing and everything um i'm kind of bursting at the seams <laughs> my office is slow, like i'm like i don't know where to put anything else like i've got labo and everything all over the place like what where's this stuff gonna go uh the actual you know if they end up doing like a uh a falco and slippy and that kind of stuff yeah probably the actual nintendo stuff the other toys i don't know if this game has like a really killer dogfight mode or something that ends up being a real seller for me then then it may be something that's more than just collected but actually played mm-hmm. uh, as far as my kids i don't think they would be all that interested in this so it's not like it, you know we sat and built labo together but as far as like toys to life stuff they've never i mean my son used to do skylanders but he's outgrown it you know so uh, the, the thing that i see most that that i see this benefiting most is this game is going to finally sell because when they showed it uh wasn't it during a direct that we saw this the first time actually i think we saw it at e3 last year yeah and i mean everybody was kind of like why what are they why what are they doing you know after seeing lego dimensions like dying shortly after or shortly before it was it was like three weeks before uh it was it was canceled and then they show this other toys of life thing and it's like ooh, okay a little tone deaf there yeah so but you know with Star Fox in the in the box, this it's gonna sell. It's gonna you're you're going to hear the you're gonna see the articles, you're gonna see the videos that Starlink sold the best on the Switch. Like th- that that may not <laughs> be before, but it's definitely going to be the case now. And if it is, even if the single player is fun to get to 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 explore a Star Fox and that kind of thing, that's a character I'm interested in. They did seem to go. I don't know if they went back to the drawing board or they just didn't have this to show last year, but the, there does seem to be some story to this game that can help, you know, help get people interested in it, which, which I thought was good. I thought they, I thought they did some of the things they needed to do to make this game look more appealing Then adding Star Fox was kind of like the, the icing on the cake. For me personally, I just don't want all this crap in my house and I'm interested in the game if, and only if, I can play this stuff, I can play the full game, and I don't mind paying for the DLC, like like I would go to the store and buy a figure, and I don't mind paying the, the same amount, or at least, you know, maybe a little bit cheaper, because I'm not getting a physical item, uh, in order to unlock that in-game. In now, the one thing that they did say, which is brilliant for the Switch, is that once you scan it, you can then just use it in the thing, you don't have to keep scanning it all the time like you do in skylanders uh steven are you interested in this game at all or is this a hard pass from you i'd definitely like to give it a try uh the the resemblance the visual resemblance and the and the 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 gameplay resemblance to no man's sky is undeniable uh i was really surprised actually at how much of the style of it the visual style of it that it picked up it's got almost like a flat shaded kind of a look to it uh i don't know if that's out of necessity like this is what the switch can do um but i mean it's not just a switch game i guess so yeah i mean i I definitely like to try it i don't know if i'd want to buy a whole bunch of ships and have them sitting on my shelves i've got so much of i've got so many amiibos and pop vinyls and everything else already that i can't display because i don't have room for them um (laughs) yep (laughs) exactly i have a giant cardboard box full of boxed pop vinyls in my garage just like stacks and stacks of them in there because I don't have any place to display them. 
Um, so it, it's it, it's interesting. It, it's more interesting to me than any Star Fox game that's ever been shown or that I've ever played or watched video of ever. It it just um, I watched it in the Treehouse. They were they did like a they they took the ship and they flew down to a planet and they were fighting a boss and and the boss was doing all kinds of things that I, I don't think I've ever seen a boss do in a video game, which was really neat. And then uh, they changed to the uh, R wing and they fought it with the R wing and they showed how changing things out goes and it just. I mean, it looks really cool. <laughs> this is definitely something I would like to try. I hope they put out a demo to play it a little bit to see if it's going to be the kind of gameplay that I'm going to enjoy. Uh, if not, I could just watch videos of it. Yeah, um, that's true. And the question also is, how big is this game? Because uh, I know that games like Elite, the original Elite, and um, No Man's Sky, they use like a procedurally generated universe. Um, it, does this game do that too? Uh, are there only three planets in it instead? I mean, how how is it uh, how is it working? It looks like Lloyd has an answer to that. Yeah, they they said it's not procedurally generated. Everything is made by hand, uh, so it looks like a world that is lived in. Um, I think they said there's eight main planets um, plus other other things. There's space stations. Um, but there's also randomly uh, generated content when you're flying through the universe or whatever. You might happen upon a, a downed craft that you have to go investigate or um, there might be space pirates or, or whatever else. Um, there's going to be a lot of random things as well to kind of keep you busy. So it's not just going to be story mission on planet one, story mission on planet two, story mission on planet three, beat the game on planet four or whatever. It, it looks like they've they've crafted a story um and then they've also given a lot of random stuff to kind of um add kind of like spices to the story and they've also said that um if you played on nintendo um since star fox is unique and exclusive to nintendo there's actually uh, an added story um that you can only ever play on the nintendo because it needs the r-wing and, and fox mcleod um but you can also play the whole game with Fox McCloud and you don't need to buy anything else you can actually I believe in the menus unlock the main the main craft and the main uh, driver that comes with the base game on on other platforms so um it's really cool like they they've they've treated the they've treated the IP with love like it the way Starlink works is you have different mount points for different cannons and things and wings. So you put the wings on, you put the cannons on and, and your ship shows that on the screen. But if you take all that stuff off, you become, you become our wing from Star Fox. You have the laser blast that you have that you've always had in the game. If you do a barrel roll, you deflect incoming, um, in, incoming shots and things. That's the only ship that's going to be able to do that. So it, it just seems like this is the best of both worlds. You get a really cool sci-fi universe to explore, but then you also get all the um, the fun and kind of Star Fox nerdy stuff um, kind of sprinkled in this game as well. I'm I'm really excited, and and the fact that you can buy absolutely everything digitally as well. Um, you go oh, to I any store. Yeah, you can buy absolutely everything digitally. So you don't have to go and buy toys if you don't want. Um, because in, in this day and age, every shop that I go to, there's really no toys to life aisle anymore. They barely even have space for Amiibo. So asking them to put this stuff on the shelf is probably going to be a hard ask. Um, but if I want to get like a fire cannon because I'm fighting an ice boss and it's it's making me angry, I can go 
buy that cannon. I don't have to go to a store and find it or go to Amazon and wait two days for it to come in. I can actually just go online and buy the digital version of those cannons. And I don't really care for those types of things. I don't really want that junk in my house. Um, but if a really cool looking ship comes out, I can buy that and then add it to my game physically if I really want, or I can buy digitally. So I think they're they're really taking toys to life and kind of modernizing it a little bit instead of forcing everybody to have hundreds of little plastic statues that they use three times and then put in a box to never see the day, uh, the, the light of day anymore. I, I, think, I think this probably, game looks, Oh, go ahead, Josh. Oh, I just, just real quick. I think one of the things that, that excites me about this is that Nintendo seems to take Star Fox and they always want to, I mix it up or, or take risks with them and they haven't paid off in many years ubisoft like you can tell that they they really care about the opportunity that nintendo is giving them with their ip and they're crafting something that may be on the safe side but i think the safe side is what we've what we've been asking for with Star Fox for so long just give us a regular Star Fox game stop with the motion controls stop with the weird stuff like let us let us just play Star Fox and I I'm I'm guessing and, and Lloyd kind of said it too we're probably going to end up with one of the best Star Fox games that we've had in years and so that that excites me it's we're, funny we're that you say that Star- Be- oh go ahead Lloyd I was gonna say we're finally getting a Star Fox RPG because we could just forget that the other Star Fox RPG even exists this is the first Star <laughs> Fox RPG um, and it will be awesome to play I'm actually a little disappointed that we're not getting Grand Prix. I was I like from the rumors, and for those of you that don't know about the rumors, there was a, a Star Fox racing game that was rumored where you could like race against other ships and slow the other ships down by shooting at them or maybe get faster by shooting at other ships. And I thought that that sounded like a really cool mechanic. And it seemed like when the... So Ubisoft unveiled this the day before the Nintendo thing. And I thought for sure, okay, Nintendo's going to unveil Star Fox Grand Prix because that's awesome cross-marketing appeal. And if they were going to do that, if we were going to get a Grand Prix, they would have showed it, I think, at their at their thing. And I think now there's no way that we're getting a Grand Prix because they didn't mention it at the Direct. Uh, were you guys excited or or disappointed or happy that we're not getting the grand prix steven i i don't think that it's that it's absence in the at at e3 means that we're not getting it because we also know that we're getting the yoshi game they just delayed it to 2019 we know there's a metroid prime 4 in development they didn't mention or show anything about that either um i just think it means we're not going to see it this year the fact that they haven't revealed it yet uh, I thought that those uh, the rumors were pretty credible, right? They what, were they saying that they think Retro's making that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean those it, it could it could very well still be happening. It's just not something that they've announced yet. Um, I was intrigued by the idea of a Star Fox Grand Prix, or like what that would be, what it would look like, how it would play. I trust Retro Studios because they've made uh, what is it five games now, if you don't count ports, um, that have all been great. So <laughs> why would I assume that game number six from Retro Studios would not be great as well? Uh, but they are also known for taking a really long time to put these games together. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think we can necessarily dismiss it just because it's not at E3. That, that's fair enough. When is when is Starlink coming out? 
uh, mid October. October, so, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, maybe we'll get a direct uh, then. That's exactly what I think is going to happen. We're going to oh, get yeah. an October direct. They're going to say Starlink comes out Thursday. And by the way, here's something we're working on for March. And they'll come out with uh, a big trailer for Star Fox um, Grand Prix to kind of capitalize on Star Fox being in stores again and get everybody excited. I think that that would be perfect timing for Nintendo. Josh, you said that you just are happy to have a regular Star Fox. How do you feel about Grand Prix? I mean, I'm I'm willing to try anything, right? Like, uh, to me, the 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 best kind of Star Fox would be a a killer story and some really good dogfighting online. That would be that would be my my dream Star Fox game. But if if they're coming up with something that has some some really good racing mechanics, that's uh, uh, you know, it incorporates some battle and that kind of stuff too, like shoot, like a shooting mechanic. Hey, if you know, I'll try more. My guess is that they were creating something and then they were like, Ooh, let's throw Star Fox on this. If the, you know, if it's happening. And um, again, this could be the game we see at the, uh, at, at the game awards too. If they, uh, if they're, if they're That's holding true. Nintendo, they, they proved last year that they, they were all about the surprises at the game awards. So. All right. We lost you, bud. Oh, yeah, I muted myself like an idiot. Uh. Um, (laughs) uh, I muted myself because I was typing something. Um, So Lloyd mentioned that he wanted to talk about Elder Scrolls Legend, which is a game that I completely missed. I didn't realize it was coming to the Switch. Uh, I saw that they were talking about just a little bit at the Bethesda conference. I downloaded my phone and... It's funny. Todd Howard said something that really spoke to me uh, about um, their their um, their Elder Scrolls. Uh, what's the Elder Scrolls um, one where you are the, the new one on the phone? Blades. Blades. Elder Scrolls Blades, where it has the meeting mode where you play the game in portrait. And I was like, oh, I hope that you can play. Elder Scrolls Legends in portrait because I hate holding my phone sideways and I had to hold my phone sideways so I just deleted it I didn't even bother checking it out but now that it's coming to the switch and I've got controls on the side now I'm interested so Lloyd tell me what you're excited for for this game well I'm I'm less excited about the fact that it's coming to the switch um I, I love Elder Scrolls. I, I love pretty much every Bethesda game. I'm a big Fallout fan. I'm a big um, Elder Scrolls fan. I've played all of them. I, I love them all. I want them all on the Switch. Um, but I I, I want to play a collectible card game on the Switch. I think that's the perfect platform for it. You can play it in handheld mode with touchscreen and, and whatever um, and not have to play it on your phone and drain your battery. Um, but with with this coming to the switch this means that we've gotten um an overwatch clone with paladins and mm-hmm. now we're getting a hearthstone clone with elder Scrolls legends so the fact that this is coming to the switch i i hope um that this lights a fire under blizzard's butt to get that stuff over because those are ultimately the games that i want to play on the switch this, these are fun and they're a stopgap um but i really hope that we get an announcement where we get diablo and and hearthstone and and overwatch and all that stuff coming to the nintendo switch next year um, because that would really really make me happy so well i'm really super excited about playing elder scrolls legends i haven't played it on pc or mobile um i i want to play a card game on my device um this will be kind of a, a stopgap it'll be step one in the ultimate um goal of getting hearthstone on the switch 
Yeah, I, I totally, uh, totally agree. Um, like, Paladins came out. I picked it up. I bought Paladins for the Switch. It's really it's good. good. But really? if you were to ask me to describe Paladins to you, I would say Poor Man's Overwatch. And um, if you, like, I haven't played the Elder Scrolls Legends, but that is the first thing that I thought when I saw it was, oh, it's Poor Man's Hearthstone. And those are both, I, I totally agree with everything you said. Um, Josh, what do you think? Do you, are, you, are you interested in um, playing a collectible card game on your Switch? Honestly? No, for a couple reasons. I I've heard how addict how addicting these games can get. So <laughs> that's part of the reason that I'm like, uh, I just need to uh, I need to avoid these things. Uh, I, I mean, I probably will end up playing it. You know, it's just they're not the uh, they're not my go to uh, my go to games. And the, the one thing that 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 does make me a little bit nervous is just how many um, how many mobile games we're seeing get put onto the switch and i'm again you hear everybody say i want everything on the switch yes but at some point it's going to turn into steam where there's so much stuff that you can't you can't even find what you're looking for and you want to make sure that we're getting like you know i don't i totally get what you're saying about having to turn your phone into landscape mode to play something like it's not it's not ideal this just probably isn't a, a, a great game for me. Doesn't mean it can't be good though. Fair enough. And you do have a good point about the the encroachment of low effort mobile ports to the Switch. And we see what's going on with Steam right now. Um, like I saw screenshots today of three Bitcoin mining games or games or Bitcoin mining apps on Steam. And that is the kind of stuff where, yeah, I, you know, I don't want, I don't like the idea of somebody saying, no, you can't have this on that platform. But at the same time, I also think that curation is good. Uh, it, what do you, what do you think, Steven? Do you think, are you more for curation or wild West kind of thing? Uh, curation. But I think that, that, a lot of that can be done by having Nintendo reorganize the way the eShop on the Switch oh, yeah. is being handled right now. There's no, there's basically nothing in terms of categories or anything like that. There's, here's the stuff that's selling the best right now. Here's the stuff that's the newest. You can go into search and check a little box to look for demos. And those are sorted by how recently they appeared, I think. And that's pretty much it. The stuff that's on sale. You can look at stuff that's on sale too. There should be there should be a category for games that you know are from previous generations of systems, so that you can put all of the Neo Geo stuff in there. There should be, you know, a category for uh, they they maybe they can give it a, a name other than mobile games because that you know doesn't always work. But just some kind of a term like Nintendo Smalls or something like that, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like what they did with um, uh, PlayStation Network. They they what do they call the little minis? Minis, there you go. Plus, I knew Lloyd would know it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the little PlayStation mini games that were like they were like ninety nine cents each or whatever was an answer to the iPhone explosion, right? And they lasted like a year and then they stopped making them. Um, so by by creating categories and and understanding how they're presenting games to us, they can it can go a long way. I went on the eShop. Uh, it was either yesterday or the day before, looking for something that had uh, that had just come out. I think it may have been. Uh, 
I don't think it was Fallout Shelter. It was it was something else that had just come out. And I'm like scrolling down. I'm like, where is this game? This game is here somewhere. Where is it? And then I'm like doing a search for it, and it didn't come up in the search. And I'm, oh, it was the it was the Octopath Traveler demo. Mm, uh, okay. It, it didn't it didn't show up in the recent releases, even though it had just come out that day. It didn't show up in searches. I had to go to the web version of the eShop on like on a, an actual web browser on my desktop mm-hmm. and find it there and then click through to buy it and tell it to install it on my switch. That's how I had to get that demo. I mean, it's just the eShop is just a mess and it, it looks good, but it's just completely non-functional and they keep adding features, just trickling out new features and options to it. It needs an overhaul. They overhauled the eShop a few times on the 3ds. They did it a few times on the Wii U Um I think I I think even the uh what was it Nintendo uh Nintendo the Wii Shop channel even the Wii Shop channel got a couple of overhauls over the course of its lifespan until you know landed where it is now. Um yeah, I mean they they really have to do something with that and I think that would go a long way. On top of that, yeah, we need the curation. I don't think that the eShop needs should be the same way Steam is. I think that uh in Steam there's a whole there's a whole section for things like you know, RPG maker and even Bitcoin mining things. I don't care. That's fine. But the fact that steam is so much better organized and easy to search. And I think it's a lot easier to discover games on steam, even though a lot of them do fall through the cracks. So some kind of a balance between the two, I guess is my answer to everything. Real quick before you, we move on. uh, Are you interested in elder scrolls legends? That's the, that's the card game one, right? That you were just talking about. Okay, because I'm making I'm mixing up Legends and Blades just on the fly whenever uh, I bring it up. So, uh, yeah, I mean I'll try it. That's a that's a free to play one, right? I would assume so. Yep. You know, like pay for bundles of cards or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean I'll I'll try that out. I tried the. Uh, did you guys ever try the uh, the Star Wars Card Trader app on mobile? No, Star Wars Card bit. Trader. I don't even know what that is. It's um. It's not an actual. There's no actual game in there. It's just collect the cards and look at them. Really. Uh, and you could trade them with other people. So you're, you're basically spending real money for virtual cards, which seems a little strange. Yeah. But they also have all these things in there where you can, uh, you could watch ads or whatever, and it gives you points or credits or whatever. And then you can use those to buy packs. Hypothetically, I downloaded and installed the app. I did some surveys, some really invasive surveys, and it never gave me my points. And I was like, you know what? This thing's gone. So, As long as it's, you know, something that I can get in and spend some time playing without having to spend any money, I'm happy to try it. Like, you know, with it, I'll, I'll download demos for almost anything on my Switch and play them. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely try a, a Hearthstone clone as well. I've never actually tried Hearthstone either, so, or Overwatch. Oh, well, you should definitely check out both of those because they're fantastic. And Hearthstone's free. Um, yep. All right, next game on the list, uh, De- Demon X Machina. Uh, what a man, oh man, this is what Nintendo opened their, their direct with. And yeah. like, it was the super crazy loud metal music and like this weird, um, cell shaded mech game. And I was watching it and I was like, what in the hell am I looking at? This is so weird. Um, then this morning, well, I, I talked about it a little tiny bit on the last episode that there was a video out and I didn't get a chance to watch it, but this morning I was on my uh stationary bike and just pedaling away and i was watching the the footage 
and i think that this game looks pretty damn cool now i don't think it's coming out until 2019 so it was weird that nintendo they they said at e3 this year we're going to primarily focus <laughs> on 2018 stuff and then the very first thing that they showed was from 2019 uh lloyd what do you think about uh demon ex machina um i i don't even know what to say like nintendo starting their their direct with death metal was the last thing i would have predicted <laughs> if there was a bingo card where you could actually win money um someone made out really really well with this because that i don't think has ever happened before um this is made by the main developer of armored core um which is a game that i loved on playstation um and he basically got the he got the crew back together he basically took all of his um took all of his his development friends who went to other companies got them back together to make this game um it it looks fantastic i love mech games to begin with um the fact that it's cell shaded but it's almost like flat shaded at the same time like it almost looks like you're looking at a comic uh, mm -hmm. that is moving not so much just like a, a cell shaded with like thick chunky lines on, on everything that's that's in the scene uh, this looks really, really good. Um, my question is, how much is it and how big is it? Is it going to be like a 20-hour campaign or is this going to be kind of a um, do a couple missions here and there uh, and then go online and, and play multiplayer? Um, so there's still a lot of questions um, about this game that aren't answered, uh, but there's a little bit of time before this this comes out. But, but yeah, uh, I'm really excited for this one. And I've already watched the trailer a few times just to, to like kind of, blow up my speakers a little bit because it's uh, it was really good the 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 30 minute thing that i watched this morning um they they unveiled a couple of things that i thought were cool now first off you said go online uh they said that there was multiplayer they didn't say if it was local multiplayer or online multiplayer i don't think it's split screen multiplayer but it might you know we it's either online or multiple switches in the same room kind of thing uh we don't know about that but there was some cool stuff like uh, you could attack uh, the enemy, uh, kill them, take their weapon, uh, and, and replace one that you were using with their weapon, uh, which I thought that was pretty neat. Um, you could also kill enemies by knocking down buildings and have the buildings landing on them. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's because it's an early build and maybe the controls were sloppy or that the person who was um, demoing it for us it, it the the 30 minute video it really seemed like she was having trouble controlling the mech and that had me that has me a little bit worried but i'm not sure maybe it was nerves or something else i i am excited for this game i just i hope it lives up to what it looks like it could be um josh what do you think are you are you excited for uh demon x machina mechs and metal what else do you need right i josh mean josh is going to change his name I'm, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. No, I love, I mean, I love, I was a huge fan of Mech Assault, Mech Assault 2 back on the original Xbox back in the day, you know, and so um, any of, uh, even Kirby Geek in the chat says, this is my new favorite game. Like, I'm I'm all about it. Like, it, it reminded me of old school Transformers, you know, or in Voltron, that kind of stuff back from when we were, when we were young. And so sign me up. I'm, I'm ready. Multiplayer would be even an added bonus. I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah, and it looked like it was four-player multiplayer as well because they they showed like there was a there was your and they call the max arsenals. They said this is your arsenal, and then you can see that there's three other pads here for 
other players. Uh, Steven, are, are you going to be picking up this game? Are you excited for it? Or is this not something, are you not about mechs and metal? Oh, it, it definitely looks and sounds good to me. It's uh, I need more information about it uh, to come out before I decide whether or not I want to get it, though. Uh, like, you know, like we were saying earlier, you know, whether whether it's whether there's online play there, how much of a campaign there is, if it's if there is a campaign, if it's, you know, run a couple of missions for training and then go online and compete with other mechs and things like that. But, yeah, I was watching the Treehouse demo and it looks it looks pretty good. Um, it may be something that I'd rather watch than play, but I guess we'll find out going forward. Fair enough. All As right. a kid, I probably watched Robot Jocks more than any person should have. So <laughs> if, if you know what that is, you know how bad it is. And if you don't know what it is, you should definitely look it up to see how bad it is. <laughs> Go to YouTube. I'm sure you'll be able to find it. Um, so, Nintendo spent maybe 10 minutes talking about everything else that they were doing and then they spent the rest of their direct talking about smash brothers uh by the way if you guys don't know josh is the host of a smash brothers podcast what's it called again uh smash bros cast smash bros cast so good name um if you want to know more about uh, all the smash brothers stuff make sure you check out his podcast but um I'm really, really excited for a new Smash Brothers, and they finally have said this is not. Uh, they said this is not a port of the Wii U version. This is a brand new, built from the ground up. They brought everybody back. Like they brought back Snake. They brought back Pokemon Trainer. Uh, they made a lot of significant changes. Josh, you're probably the one seeing as how you run the po- uh, a podcast about it that knows the most about it. So um, why don't you give us the breakdown? Like, what do you think of the new Smash? It, I mean, the name sums it up. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. It looks like the ultimate version of Smash. Putting all of the characters back in. You know, the gang's all here. Adding Squid Kids. Adding Ridley, who's been... been you know, people have been wanting Ridley for so long. The uh, it looks fast. It looks like there's been a lot of of, of fine tuning. And as far as like the competitive side, like really um, make. I mean, look, Bayonetta still look pretty OP, right? But yeah. I don't know that <laughs> be it's Bayonetta, but uh, Mario. I am a Mario main, so watching watching Zero Zero play as Mario, I. I was noticing right off the bat, like he wasn't um, he wasn't landing combos quite as easy, which I think is a good thing because it's just going to make for more interesting matches. But then overall, seeing all the different trophies, seeing that you can fight the trophies, um, it just it 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 really looks really looks good. The artwork that they're showing, like for the box art and that kind of stuff, is absolutely gorgeous. I actually yeah. did the artwork for the podcast today that includes that artwork now because it's so, so good. The game looks like uh it looks to me it looks better than the uh the Wii U version. It looks a little less cartoony. Mm-hmm. Looks like they put one of those Instagram filters on it to kind of make it look a little washed out, you know? And overall like i just i couldn't be more hyped they they said 66 characters you know we're kind of thinking that they're they're probably going to end up being a total of 70 right out of the bat because they usually drop secret characters in while you're unlocking characters that was the other thing they said these not everyone's available right off the bat you've got to play through an um an interesting single player or something like they they said something like that like um they're they will have an interesting way of unlocking characters is what they said so (laughs) What does that mean? Are we getting subspace emissary back? Are we getting something like that? 
I don't know. Um, Sakurai is the man. Like he shows up, says, "Oh, I see bugs in this game." While they're doing the tournament, he's like, "I'm getting back on a plane and heading back to Japan tonight, so I can keep working." You know, um, it. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't have enough good things to say. I'm super bummed out that it's December seventh, but hey, the longer yeah. the better it can be, and I'm 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 really really looking forward to this one. Yeah. Definitely. Steven, are you a, are you a fan of Smash in the, the older I, ones? I am. I started playing Smash with uh, Melee, and I played a lot of Melee on GameCube. Um, obviously, only ever local multiplayer because there was no online in that. But I played a, a ton of that, and I was uh, pretty disappointed when Brawl came out that it didn't. Um, it just didn't have a, the right feel to it. I didn't know. Like I, I was never a competitive any player in any of these Smash games, but. I could tell that Brawl didn't feel right. I didn't really understand why I didn't put much time into Brawl at all. I think I unlocked all the characters and then pretty much stopped playing. Uh, when uh, when the Wii U one came out, I was very excited for it. I'm like, it looks really good. It's HD. I'll play it a lot. I got it, and I, I'm pretty sure I unlocked everyone, but I still didn't play it very much, uh, to the point where I wasn't really sure whether I was going to want to pick up the Switch Smash Brothers when it finally uh, came out. Uh, but their reveal was so strong and the fact that they've got every character in from going all the way back to the beginning and uh, the the unlocking, the progression that they're, that they're going to do, which starts out with, I think, only eight characters and then you have to unlock everyone else and it's not just, okay, do 150 versus matches and now here's another one. Uh, something more interesting than that sounds good to me. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see it and play it and, uh, you know, maybe play it online with friends. I don't like generally don't like playing online with randos for any game and i don't think i'd want to do that with this either uh but yeah i mean uh definitely excited to to get this and play it with uh play it with the kids and um you know play it with the family play it with the friends so looks looks really good as a filthy casual i am really oh, i thought re- you meant me <laughs> no 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 me i'm i'm really bad at at, at smash um and one thing that I noticed in the build uh, that if, that they ran for the tournament was the smoke. Uh, when you smack somebody real hard and they go they go flying uh, off the screen, or not, not not even off the screen, but they go flying away from you at a good velocity, they have a trail of smoke. And for the first, like I've watched a lot of Smash Brothers just because I was like, oh, I always, you know, I want to check it out. And I always can't tell what the hell is happening. <laughs> and this was the first time where I felt like, okay, I can follow what's happening on the screen here because of that smoke. I can tell where the characters are going because Smash is such a fast game. And uh, this version of Smash even looked fast, uh, faster than the one on the Wii U and the 3DS. Just a little bit, yeah. just a little tiny bit faster. And I like that. But the at them adding the smoke made it something that I could say, okay, I... I can get behind this. Now, uh, in chat, Brav is saying Waluigi still has a chance. I don't think he does because he's in there as an assist trophy. And yep. I don't think that they have anybody who is a character who is also an assist trophy. I could be wrong about that. Lloyd, do you know if they do that? No, but they could have added the assist trophy as kind of a swerve um, just because they know how oh, much yeah. people would be begging for Waluigi. And they're like, fine, we listened. We've we've canceled this assist trophy and here's a new character. And, <laughs> and, and in his tennis shorts and tennis racket, look dumb, but uh, people will be happy, I guess. Very cool. I, I, think, I feel like it's the, the 
the best thing they did was not adding Waluigi as much as I wanted him in there because it got so much press. I mean, Washington Post wrote an article, Netflix was <laughs> about it. Like, like had they had they left it in there, I don't know that it or put him in, I don't know that they would have gotten that much press about it. And now yeah. all of a sudden, yeah, I mean, the Washington Post had like this stuffed Waluigi sitting next to a mud puddle, you know, like I mean, it, was, it was awesome. And so, I mean, it was a really, really good move. I'm sure it wasn't uh, – they couldn't have known that was going to happen, but, I mean, good on them. And maybe with all the noise that's been made, maybe we will see uh, – maybe we'll see them after all. Do you so guys can you think imagine the reaction to that, what the reaction to that would be like if they – the September or October, if they came out with the reveal that – Waluigi was going to be a character. So this is the only character who's going to be paid DLC. He's twenty dollars. Oh <laughs> wow! Don't give them ideas, man. Holy cow! Uh, well, okay, I've got, I've got two questions. First off, do you guys think that Waluigi would be a good Echo character for Wario? Like they have these Echo characters. I feel like that he wouldn't really fit that way, but Maybe that might like be Luigi, the most though, huh? likely way for them to get him in the game, just because. It's easy to do an. It's easier to do an echo character than to make a full-on new character. Uh, what do you think, Stephen? I was thinking maybe more of a Luigi, but yeah, I mean, I guess an echo character of Wario makes more sense than having one of Luigi. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. I just, I just don't know that while Luigi's moves would be that similar to Wario's. You know, yeah. it seems like the echo characters they they have a similar sim, similar build, similar class of moves whereas i feel like waluigi would just kind of be bumbling ever into everything uh wario is much more aggressive than that fair enough uh you know, the motorcycle and everything farting on people all those classic things that <laughs> yeah wario that's does. true he doesn't really do that same kind of thing uh my second question uh, for for you guys is do you think we're going to be getting D, uh, dlc characters after the fact like we did on the wii u everybody uh one word answer lloyd yes steven Yes. Josh? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. That is a better word. All right. So, all right. So we have talked about a bunch of stuff, but there's, there's so much more that we didn't hit. So let's just, uh, go real quick. Um, about stuff that was announced, uh, overcooked Two. Are you guys uh, excited about that? One word, Josh, three words, buy it now. All right, Steven. Yes. And Lloyd. Marriage Ender. I'm, I don't know. Oh, Marriage Ender. Okay. Yeah, we were talking at the beginning of the show about all of the friendship enders. Uh, Overcooked 2 is the Marriage Ender. I got gotcha. you. Uh, you're a, you're a multi-console guy, though, Lloyd. Are you going to be picking that up on the Switch or on your PS4? Because, you know, frame rate. I've played the, the first one on the PS4. Um, that's the one that I was playing with my wife until we got pretty far in. And it's just like, okay, we, we should probably stop playing now. This isn't going to, this is going to end well for anybody. Um, so we, we have, I haven't beaten it uh, because of that. Um, if I do pick it up, I probably will pick it up on the switch just because I can play it single player mode handheld, uh, And then I can drop it in the dock and, and play multiplayer with the kids or whatever. Fair enough. Uh, FIFA 19, Steven, you care about that? No. Uh, Lloyd? not a not a soccer fan josh no come on no. give me something good i'm an american guy who does not like any sports so the idea of me playing fifa is uh is not gonna happen uh did you guys pick up hollow knight already i haven't um josh dude so good if you're into metroidvania and you like like just killer music and just 
Oh, it's good, man. It's really good. Yeah. Lloyd also did, and Steven, you did not? No, not yet. I'm, I did uh, not I'm hoping either. for a limited run release. Oh, okay. There you go. And that means Josh will have to buy it twice, right, Josh? <sighs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, he'll just sigh. And then last, before we go, uh, Fortnite. Have you guys played Fortnite on the Nintendo Switch yet, Lloyd? I've probably put 20-plus hours in already. It's ridiculous. Holy cow. Uh, Steven? Yeah, I uh, I started it up, poked around. I, I didn't put more than a minute or two into it, but yeah. Josh? I'm almost level 20. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means, uh, like as far as comparing it to Lloyd. What, Lloyd, what level are you, Lloyd? Uh, 60. No, 50-something. I'm not oh 60 God. yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm battle pass level... 50 i think and he had to start over so right oh my god and all right let's take a second and talk about this because sony is screwing the pooch here i think uh for for those of you that don't know what's going on and god i saw this on uh fox business news for crying out loud so it's everywhere like i saw it was posted to reddit that was on fox business news they're talking about Fortnite, and and reggie fils was on there talking about it so they have said or sony is locking your epic account so that you can't play with the account that you've already been playing with on other platforms and they had already done this with the xbox one but i guess nobody cared but now that it's on the switch like people are up in arms sony's stock price has gone down over one percent which i don't know much about that but it sounds bad and um, they responded with just a weak-ass answer saying, uh, we have more players than you. Uh, I don't know what the what, what, what is up there. Uh, Josh, do you think that they're going to fold? Do, do you think eventually Sony's going to say, you know what, yes, you can play with your, uh, with your Epic account? Or do you think that they're going to hold the line and say, uh, tough cookies? <laughs> it... If they've ever watched any of those 80s movies where the bully ends up having to play by himself all the time, you know, they're going to have to they're going to have to change their mind on this. The problem is, I think that as a Japanese company, there is a whole lot of pride that goes into that. Mm. And I don't I don't see them budging. What about you, Stephen? I, I think that the the greatest likelihood of a change here is for them to unlock the epic accounts so that people can use them on the other consoles as well uh i yeah i don't see them changing we were talking about this before i don't see them changing the policy of letting people play across other networks you know for for not not just games like fortnite but other third-party games like uh rocket league because that's a, that's an issue with rocket league as well where you you know if you're playing on another platform uh on another console whether it's a switch or xbox you can't play with uh Rocket League players on PS4, and that's a big that's a big market there because um, because Rocket League was free for a while when it first came out uh, on PS4 with uh, PlayStation Plus. A lot of people got it for free, um, but yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's this is the first time it's really been a big deal because the it's the entire account. Like if you if you ever played your if you ever played Fortnite on PS4 you're blocked from playing it uh, the, with that account on a, on a switch or an Xbox one. And that's like, 
it's just a ridiculous, ridiculous limitation that they've created. The fact that they're they're basically holding. I've seen articles called uh, Sony is holding your your Epic account, your Fortnite Epic account hostage. Um, it's it's all kinds of things like that. It's uh, yeah, and and people who were buying things on their PS4 uh, Fortnite account. People who are buying things on there were not apparently not told that they would never be able to bring those to other platforms, um, to to the other consoles anyway. I guess you can still play with uh, Steam or uh, I mean PC or uh, uh, mobile players when you're on PS4. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's uh, it, it's this is like the first time I've we've seen a situation where this is a game that has the potential to actually be important enough to change Sony's policy on something. Yeah. Taking a lot of heat right now. Lloyd, do you think the heat that they're taking is going to be enough to 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 get them to turn around? I I hope so. I, like they were so arrogant with the Xbox um, announcement, Xbox One announcement. It's like here's how you can trade games with your friends, and they <laughs> yeah two execs, and they pass over a car a, 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 a I don't know a case, and it's like there you go, and that's it. And they they were very smug and and arrogant with that, and and this just um reeks of other arrogance uh people aren't upset that there isn't cross play i mean sure cross play would be nice but people aren't upset about that and then sony comes out and says oh well there's we have plenty of players we have the most players on any console there's enough people to play with and it's like that's not the point here people are upset that you're locking content that you purchased um onto that console. Uh, I was reading Reddit after um, after this announcement. I, I posted a tweet right after the game came out and it got like some ridiculous number of favorites and retweets. And then I was I was kind of reading the rest of the, the news. And there was a, a bunch of people on, on Reddit who basically play on PC and they bought the $150 founders pack to play the, um, the PVE mode um, and to get at early access to Battle Royale. So they only ever play on PC. And they said, well, I, I downloaded on my PS4 once to check out how it ran, but I'm a PC main, so I never played it again. I maybe played one match. So now, because they did that, their $150 investment plus whatever V-Bucks they've purchased are now locked to the PlayStation 4 when they're mainly someone that wants to play on the PC that doesn't seem fair. Um, and, and hopefully Sony, um, Sony backs that, um, that up a little bit. Um, you can definitely tell by the error message when you try to log in on your switch, that <laughs> Epic is like pushing the blame. It's like, don't, don't be mad at us. One of the platform holders decides that this isn't something that you can do. Um, they, they have a lot to blame as well. Cause they signed the, the contract that allowed Sony to lock this. So I, I hope that um, Epic and Sony can, can work things out because uh, all you need is a, a bunch of really, um, I, I don't know, really well-followed streamers to start railing against Sony and Epic and all of the, um, all of the good uh, press that that's Epic's gotten for Fortnite with, we're giving this much to charity and we're doing this and uh, breaking records. All that stuff will quickly be buried with um, the fact that you're allowing a platform holder to hold content hostage that, they they earned on an account that isn't theirs yeah i agree i agree with everything you guys said it's nonsense i I really hope that uh josh is wrong and that they fold that's i'm crossing my fingers crossing my fingers I would love to be wrong yeah I, and yeah yeah not not saying that josh was uh a fan of what's going on there uh so overall if you guys had to i, I don't want to say give it a score how do you guys think that nintendo did this year uh steven I thought it was I thought it was fine. I think that the um 
the way they set up E3 last year and then the way they set up E3 this year created a bit of a contrast that confused people. The fact that we saw Metroid Prime 4 and we saw Yoshi and stuff like that at last year's E3, and then this year they're completely MIA because they're not ready yet, um, is, is I think it was confusing. I was more surprised to not see Yoshi than I was to not see Metroid mm-hmm. Prime, but I thought it maybe I'd hear something about Metroid Prime. I was hoping for more announcements during Treehouse. Last year they had a nice... Lloyd said it was four. That that sounds that sounds right to me too. Four announcements of brand new games during the Treehouse, uh, the Treehouse stream. I don't know how many there were this year, but they did the um, the arcade archives, Donkey Kong and Skyskipper. That was it, right? Yeah, thirty yeah. year old games, almost forty year old, games. <laughs> and they're cool. I mean, I've already bought Donkey Kong and played it a bunch. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I felt like that they that it would have been nice to see even some just some teaser trailers for things like if they. They could have shown some more footage of, of you know, just a few weeks before E3. They put out a video saying, oh, it's coming in 2018. Here's here's Yoshi, uh, the latest trailer of the Yoshi game. Um, they could have shown some more footage and said, yeah, now that's coming 2019. Look, here's some cute things. Here's a boss battle, that kind of thing. Um, the game has to be just about done at this point. You'd think. You'd think. Yeah. They were Josh? planning to put it out this year. I mean, how far right. off can it be? And it's, I mean, look at it. It's, it doesn't look like it's particularly intensive to build. Um, and yeah, I mean, not even a teaser for Metroid Prime 4. We didn't even get to see a new logo for Metroid Prime 4. So I didn't expect to see anything from Metroid Prime, but I am, I, I agree. I'm totally surprised that we didn't see something from Yoshi. That, that really did yeah. surprise me. Josh, how do you think Nintendo did? I think they played it too safe. Honestly, I feel kind of like what, uh, what Steven was saying. Like the treehouse felt like, like a whole lot of wasted time. Like it was cool getting to see a deeper dive on some of those games, but if Reggie goes on to Bloomberg and says the 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 handheld market is up ten percent, yet they don't mention a they don't show us any more Luigi's Mansion. They don't they you know what other what other games are coming out on the 2DS, and what we saw in the presentation was what we saw in the Treehouse. So I listened to the Treehouse all day long, expecting to see something, hear something that would be new. And it was just, it was, it was very, very safe. Uh, on the other hand, Nintendo does a better job than any other game company right now, keeping us informed throughout the year by dropping directs every, at least every quarter and sometimes more. So we know that we're going to hear more about other stuff in the, in the coming months, but Nintendo had so much momentum last year that I feel like they hit the brakes a little bit with this E3 when they really should have been stepping on the gas. That's yeah. that's kind of what I felt like. The biggest surprise was Mario Party. Great surprise. It was awesome. Probably some of the reason it could have felt a little lackluster is because of the leaks, and there were so many this year. So, you know, overall, like, hey, I'm stoked. The games they showed, they looked great. I just... I just feel like they they were they weren't being as aggressive as they that they should have been in my opinion. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I also think that uh, I think the games that they showed look really good. I hated the way that they presented all of that stuff in ten minutes, and then spent thirty minutes on Smash Brothers. Especially because then in the Treehouse they spent a bunch more time on Smash Brothers. I think that they should have really like. I was watching the stream and they put up uh, Xenoblade, not Xenoblade. Um, what's the drag, Dragon Ball 
fighters fighter z, z. Mm -hmm. like i didn't even see that in the like i'm watching it and i missed that because it was just like bam and it's gone you you they, they did everything packed into 10 minutes and then everything like then smash brothers over over half an hour i just thought it was uh, a really poor decision for them to do that they should have given us more information about all these games because not everybody watches the treehouse and that's the only reason i know anything about demon x machina uh what about you lloyd uh, how do you think that they did overall I expected more game announcements. Um, I mean, Yoshi being pushed was weird. I mean, they played it on the Treehouse for an hour last year, and the fact that it's pushed is is really bizarre. I, I expected another big announcement. Like Mario Party was great, but I wanted something else from Nintendo. I mean, Damon X Machina is great as well, but that's not Nintendo. Um, but as you said, Nintendo does things different. They have regular directs mm -hmm. uh, you had machine games who's the port house for wolfenstein and doom come out and said uh, we have another big high profile port uh, that's going to be announced next month so there's other games coming um it, it would have been nice to have a bigger splash at e3 just to keep that that oh my god the switch is taking over the world momentum that they seem to to have up until now um it would have been it would have been nice to get some other big heavy, heavy hitters but um yeah i i don't know i I thought it was good overall. Um, I'm really excited for pretty much everything that Nintendo showed off. Um, Fire Emblem looks great. Um, like every game they showed off looks really, really good. Uh, I just, I want more, but we also got a whole bunch of this stuff spoiled um, pr prior to E3 with all the leaks. So maybe we would have had a, a better, like, oh my God, look at all these games they announced um, kind of mentality if none of this stuff was spoiled. If I could just not click on those those leaks, you exactly, know, right? I can't. <laughs> I have to. to. I want to know what's happening. All right. So uh, thank you guys so much for coming on the show and dissecting uh, Nintendo's E3 with me. Josh, can you tell people where they can find your stuff? Absolutely. Guys, I'm on Twitter at N64Josh. I stream regularly on twitch.tv slash N64Josh. I write Nintendo news articles on N64Josh.com. And I have a po I have two podcasts, Nintendo Powercasts and uh, Smash Bros. Cast. You can find those on iTunes, Google Play, wherever your podcasts are. All right. And Steven, why don't you tell us again about your, uh, your podcast? Uh, it's the Nintendo uh, Pulse podcast you can find it at resd rezd.tv um and, and pretty much exactly that on everything else uh, twitch and facebook and uh youtube uh you can find go, go ahead. ahead i was gonna just me. ask where they can find you find me on twitter at steven the mun s-t-e-p-h-e-n-t-h-e-m-u-n-n and where are we gonna find lloyd I'm uh, at Dasme on Twitter, D-A-S-M-E. I also run the Res TV Twitter account and all that stuff. Um, as Steven said, host of Nintendo Pulse. But we also do another show called Retro Pulse, which is a monthly retro game um, kind of overview show, a review show sort of thing, where uh, our patrons uh, vote every month on what game to cover. Uh, we, take the, we take the results and we put out an episode. Um, we're going to try for the next little bit to do two episodes a month um, and get those games out that people want to hear about. So all that stuff is available on the Nintendo Pulse feed, um, but it's also available on its own feed. If you don't want to hear our thoughts on Nintendo, you just want to hear our retro thoughts, you can do that as well. Check that stuff over at uh, Rezzed TV. And you can find my stuff. I'm Bill at uh, Run Jump Stomp on Twitter. And if you just go to runjumpstomp.com or Twitch or Twitter or YouTube or any anywhere, you'll find my stuff there. Or you can look for Nintendo Switchcraft in your uh, 
in your pod catching uh, app of choice. Uh, so thank you guys for being here with me today. I really appreciate it. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Later. Bye now.